0: Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Russell Lalovich. Russell, let's uh, let's do a bit of an intro. Give us a bit of a background about who you are, and then we'll we'll get into it.
1: Sure. Um, I'm a realtor from uh, the Windsor area, Windsor, Ontario. I've been in the business about 12 years. Um, have a, uh, we do a lot of commercial real estate um, and investment properties and stuff. And I got a kind of an early start in investing in our area. Um, I actually bought my first two properties before I moved out of my parents' basement. So uh, (laughs)
0: that's awesome. You know, easier
1: when you don't have any housing expenses, but uh, yeah, I kind of scaled up uh, a couple houses, student rental condos. Um, Me and my dad bought a couple small commercial plazas, um, and then a couple of multi-units with partners. So kind of ran the gamut in uh, in the Windsor area and property values have just skyrocketed as, as we know, in, in Ontario, uh, a lot of times you're, you're looking at stuff that's tripled, quadrupled in value. Uh, you're kind of getting a bit of a pullback now as we're you know, recording this in September, 2022 yeah. uh, with the interest rates, but um, I think long-term we still have structural issues and housing's going to continue to be really expensive, yep. but kind of looking at, uh, you know, opportunities going forward, and uh, some of the equity that I had in some of these properties, I was kind of looking at some, some other stuff and always, you know, with us being on a, in a border town, um, always have a lot of experience with Detroit kind of going over for, you know, sporting events and concerts. And a lot of people here work over there, you know, have like girlfriends, whatever yep. family. So, um, yeah, just kind of look into the U.S. Uh, for for more upside. I feel like uh, there's a lot more kind of opportunity generally, obviously because it's a bigger country, and also because I feel like it's uh, a little bit less picked over. Maybe not quite as as organized and efficient as the as the Canadian market is. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of uh, where I got my interest in uh, investing in the U.S.
0: Yeah, so you you just stepped across the border over to Detroit and I'm I I because I I know some of my students have looked at Detroit and there's like um if you pull up the crime map there's all kinds of terrifying places and there's all kinds of places that aren't were when you went over there like because you're kind of local to it was it yeah. like when you were you looking for a specific neighborhood or were you looking for a certain um cap rate or certain price points or what was, what was your 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 catch
1: Yeah. So I know people that had been doing some of the super low price stuff where they're buying houses for like five grand and 10 grand. And uh, I I did know the area. I have uh, spent a lot of time kind of around the downtown, midtown, uh, corp town, some of those different areas. And those are all great areas. Detroit's very, uh, you know, they have very specific uh, in the inner city, obviously, with the you know loss of population that they have. So there's a lot of areas that I, I don't really see too much opportunity real estate wise. So I was looking at stuff that was more safe, kind of uh, something where I saw there was kind of a catalyst. And if anyone say went to Detroit in like 2010, and then they went there in like, say 2000, say before COVID, like 2019, the amount of development and everything that went on was incredible. And, you know, they have Dan Gilbert kind of backing them up. And, you know, he was just doing legacy projects, basically kind of turning around a city or like a core kind of on his own. Um, was it only
0: because like, that was there like some sort of business that came in? Was there anything else that turned around Detroit?
1: Yeah, there's I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff, right? There's there's kind of like an urbanization trend going on in a lot of cities in the US where people are moving back downtown. But yeah, he uh, you know, they moved they moved all the sports teams back downtown like that, you know, baseball. Um, I guess baseballs has kind of always been there, but they moved, you know, Ford Field back, which used to be in the suburbs. They moved um, the Little Caesars Arena, which was um, right <laughs> it has the Pistons and the Red Wings. The Red Wings were still downtown, but the Pistons moved from the suburbs. And then, yeah, just just a lot of a lot of employers kind of going back downtown, becoming like a technology hub, you know, cheaper cost of living for employees. And then, yeah, Rocket Mortgage, which is Dan Gilbert's company, he was just buying buildings and moving employees there and then redoing old buildings into apartments and, you know, leasing them to his employees. And he kind of had a great thing going on and, and, you know, uh, progress begets more progress. And, um, so actually in 2017, we were driving around one day and Mm -hmm. we saw this kind of pre-sale opportunity and it was in brush park in Detroit, which is just north of downtown. Okay. Um, kind of like a famous old neighborhood for multiple reasons. In the twenties it was like one of the wealthiest areas in America. Awesome. And yeah. yeah. And then it had like a you know huge decline, right? And basically all the houses were abandoned and stuff for a long time. But now it's like the arenas right there. It's pretty crazy because it's just it's it's like a residential area, but it's walking distance to everything. But then it's a little bit quieter because it's a little bit off the path, you know? Yep. Um, so we bought a, uh, or we committed to a pre-sale condo. Um, it was a one bedroom kind of in a little boutique condo surrounded by a couple of the, the coolest restaurants in the area. And, uh, the purchase price on that was about 310 grand.
0: Wow. That's a lot. Um, for Detroit.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was new construction, right? Like okay, new yeah. construction costs yeah, oh yeah, gotta- in Detroit as it does in New York. Oh, right? yeah. So, um, so it was about a two-year project. Uh, we ended up taking possession in summer of 2019. The reason we were interested in that property specifically was because the condo bylaws, they were going to allow short-term rentals.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: us being from Windsor, we were like, oh, this is amazing. I had, you know, my I was engaged at the time. We didn't have kids yet. Um, and we were just like, oh, this is amazing. We can like go over, you know, a couple of times a month or whatever and spend the weekend and Well, you said by the arena too, right? So there's yeah, exactly, like hundreds of events, like unlimited calendar of walking distance events. So I just saw that as an opportunity, and everyone was like, "Oh, this, you know that that sounds like that would work great." And you know, talking to people about getting you know two hundred nights a year and stuff like that of events and. So we uh, first couple months, we kind of just, uh, you know, furnished it and kind of got settled. And we stayed there a lot, just kind of hung out and had fun, met our neighbors, you know, all that good stuff. And then we got it. I think we put it up on Airbnb in November Yep. that year. And it kind of took off right away. It actually worked out really good. Uh, I, you know, I, I brought over my photographer from Windsor to take magazine photos and I made everything look really sharp. Awesome. Um, so yeah we, we started booking stuff like crazy. Uh, everything was looking good. And then in January I want to say like mid late January, this is kind of the point of my story we got a letter <laughs> from we got a letter from the city of Detroit and it was talking about your property taxes and everything before that it was just basically kind of like an estimate uh what your property taxes would be and our property tax assessment you know went up to exactly pretty much what we paid for it. And our property tax bill was now going to be $16,000. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. So I had kind of done some research on this because um, I guess, you know, to talk more about this, Detroit has a really high mill rate because they have really low property values. So a lot of times, you know, if you just buy a house for 200 grand and you go by the mill rate, you're like, Oh man, my taxes are going to be insane because so many of their properties are worth 10 grand, right? It's, they have a really, really uh, high mill rate because of that. So they have this uh, property tax incentive called NEZ. It's like a network enterprise zone, I believe it's called. And our property fell in that area, but us as a Canadian uh, and not as a homestead, they call it, we didn't apply for that. Um, the developer told us that we would anyways because it still worked for rental properties, but we found out after the fact that that only applied to multi multifamily or a building that was uh, like renovated, whereas this building, they actually tore a bu- old building down and built a new one, so it didn't qualify so we were kind of screwed. Uh, obviously nothing worked whenever we had $16,000 property taxes, and then right after that COVID happened couldn't go. Uh, the real estate market just completely died downtown because nobody was going downtown. There was no events. Nobody was going to work. Um, we did list the property at one point in 2021, uh, or sorry, 2020, didn't, didn't get anywhere. Like the market was just completely dead. Um, and I don't think we ended up getting over to the property at all and I think in 2021 in the spring, things started to pick up a bit again, stuff was starting to go on again, and we relisted it again. And we actually ended up selling it. And the way that the NEZ works is you either, you get that property tax abatement within two years, you get like that designation or you lose it forever. And the property taxes are basically stuck to the property. And yeah. <laughs> your property is basically worthless. So we basically had to kind of just get rid of it at that point because we were running up on our two-year term. And That's uh, so, yeah. so what you did. To we, money, we, you we, couldn't
0: get the price, the taxes back down. You had to sell it. When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching.
1: There was nothing you could do, no. Yeah, you had to be able to homestead it. So you needed somebody. And we looked into different options, and essentially what you needed was a driver's license from the city of Detroit with your uh, with that address and a Detroit voter's card. And there were two things that we couldn't get in our situation. Yeah. So uh
0: you probably could get a driver's license. I don't know how you get a voter's card. I have to do some research on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we looked into a million things like partnering with people and because it's yeah, we were kind of screwed because there was there was nothing going on um selling real estate for like a, about a year or so because of COVID and nobody was downtown. So the so could this
0: happen to people. somebody if they just bought a, you know, like a used house, like, you know, when they were doing the renovations?
1: Are you, uh, yeah. Uh, a renovated house is fine. Yeah. That's, that's not an issue. It was because this was brand new and it wasn't considered a multifamily. It was considered a condo and it was a brand new condo and we weren't homesteading it. We were kind of like this 0.1% of people that they didn't care about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess
0: typically went. if you were going to go buy um, say you're going to go buy a property for you know you know whatever you're going to buy something in Detroit or Michigan and then you you're going to renovate it so it's going to be based on the purchase price if they even move the assessment up or sometimes depending on how how this each state works sometimes it's like they can only raise it so much it's going to start bumping each year to try yeah. to get up which is usually the common thing because they don't want to completely screw somebody right
1: yeah so it, yeah so in Michigan the way that it works is you get assessed based on your purchase price the next year. So you have to factor that in. Um, if you're buying and renovating and holding, it's not a big deal if you know if you're buying and value adding it yourself. But if you're the next guy and you're buying a, you know, say a turnkey property or whatever, you need to budget for that. Because uh, that it, it works different. So I've seen assessment values be a quarter or 10% of the market value, you know, because it's they've gone up so much and assessment values don't don't follow kind of thing, right? um but yeah in michigan that doesn't happen
0: (laughs) it's one of those things like some states they don't even move up the assessed value they just you do a transaction it doesn't happen
1: i know that's nice but unfortunately in michigan that's not how it works i learned that the hard way
0: yeah you need one of those lazy states but no i still i still like michigan i'm like we were talking before we started recording and i just uh we're renovating a place just down the road from your other place so maybe you want yeah. to talk about that a little bit before. Sure, we- sure, sure. We go.
1: <laughs> yeah. So earlier this year, um, again, I have a lot of like realtor friends and stuff. And one of my realtor friends, he married an American girl now lives over there, got his license over there and kind of has been wanting to put together a group to start looking at stuff, uh, multi-unit. So we found this property and I think it was January. Um, it's in gross point, which is just, uh, just to the east of Detroit, right on the water. It's a really, really a nice town. community. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this property went on the market. Yeah, this is this was before interest rates went up, like everything was nuts and yeah. every house in Metro Detroit was selling in two hours and stuff like that. So um, we basically had to write an, like an all cash offer, they call it, right, in the States. Couldn't do it contingent on anything. I think we were competing with seven offers and then you go through their process and here, you know, they, they have different terminology, but you kind of like write an offer when you're in a competitive situation. And then they're like, okay, you made it to the next round. Please submit your final and best. Yeah. I think we ended up going from like 2.6 million to 2.675 with no conditions. And then literally we had to find the financing after Um, properties, 20 units um it's built in the late 70s um it's right kind of in downtown gross point it's walking distance to everything yeah um it's kind of it's built as like five four plexes and each unit has its own section of the basement all two bed two beds one bath uh really great neighborhood you know character uh you know super mature nice leafy green stri- streets and everything yeah and uh very uh mismanaged, I would say not not mismanaged, but um, people definitely weren't maximizing the value of it. I was the original owner, Uh, they built it, you know, in the 70s. This was kind of like the end of the second generation going on to the third generation. And yeah, so everything was rented, all the units were rented in the high nines, they're like 975 995. And in doing our research, we thought, these val- these units were uh, market value of about fourteen hundred. Ooh,
0: there's lots and in there. Michigan, there's
1: no there's no rent control. So if you're not on a lease, you can basically give them all thirty days notice and rent raise the rent whatever you want. Um, we didn't do that right away. We kind of got everything under our belt. You know, kind of assessed everything, took over management. You know, did all of our housekeeping stuff that we needed to do. We were getting one unit back anyways. One tenant was leaving. And then I think in the summer we did our rent increase to 1,400 a unit. And I think only people. two people left out of, seven, out of 20.
0: Sorry, two out of seven?
1: Two, 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 out out out, two out of 20 left. There That's was okay. one that was already vacant and then 17 stayed. So they signed a new lease for 1,400 for a year. And so we renovated the one unit that we had vacant on closing and we rented that for 1,700 because we, did new flooring, you know, updated countertops, new bathroom pot lights, you know, all that kind of pretty stuff. And yeah, so now we took back two units recently and we're renovating those ones. And I think we're gonna even maybe do a little bit better than that. So it might do 1750, 1800. So the value add potential on multifamily in Michigan with no rent control, you know, whenever you find, um, find a good building, you can literally double the value in a year.
0: Yeah, I which was say, what's the cap rate there? Because you just created the ca- the existing cap rate when we unit.
1: The existing cap rate when we bought was about five and a half. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think cap rates are gonna go up a little bit because of, you know, interest rates and whatnot. But uh, yeah, the, you know, we're, we're, we're going from, you know, 975 to 1400 to, you know, 17 and change for a rep for a renovated unit. So the, you know, the upside is huge. The one thing to keep in mind is your property tax bill is going to go up. So we uh, factored that into our underwriting. So I think it was like 30 something grand and it's literally going to like 80. So there's a huge lift that you need to do just to, you know, cover your increase in taxes, but um, you know, You see uh, like all the stuff you deal with, with rent control in Ontario, and then you see the way things are there. And it's like a a mismanaged building. You can bring it up to proper management in a year or two. And uh, you know, obviously there's great value add opportunities because of it.
0: So you you, went this, you created this value, you know, raised the rents, brought it up to market. Um, which applied to a cap rate, you know, comes close to doubling the price of your property. So what's the game plan? Just hold it, refinance, uh, sell it. Like what's the, what, what where are you going with this?
1: Yeah, so the game plan for this one, we have private financing because we didn't have time. We had to close in like 45 days. Yeah. Um, So we have private financing for a year. Um, We will refinance early next year, hopefully with, you know, a couple more units rented and getting proper value. And then we're just going to take out the capital and try to find another deal. Um, I feel, I feel like Metro Detroit multifamily has been very stagnant for a really long time because the area itself has been kind of stagnant. So, um, it's very, it's not competitive, not as competitive as a lot of other markets that I've looked at kind of like Columbus. And then, you know, everyone likes to Florida and Atlanta and South Carolina, North Carolina, like a lot of those hot spots. Where I feel like it's so it's a lot more efficient the market, whereas I think uh, Metro Detroit it's still and, and it has a higher cap rate, but it's it's less picked over. There's more ability to find value add projects.
0: I love it. <laughs> no, I, I love these uh, the multifamily stuff too, right? So this is uh, this is awesome. I love the game plan. Um, uh, is there any other future? plans to do that or you're done or you're just going to are you do you have to do any more you know outside stuff or you're you're all cleaned up and ready to go
1: no i mean the physical property the exteriors were great um just kind of like they're solid brick fourplexes with the basement Uh, i mean there's a few things here and there but nothing nothing major mostly just interior cosmetic renovations those are the Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) So if you, again, there's a lot of suburbs in Metro Detroit. I don't know if I would try to buy and hold something in Detroit proper. Um, you know, there's a lot of politics, you know, where Detroit, it's, it's, a, it's a lower income city, right? So it's like a lot of times they're catering to, you know, the renter class and stuff like that. Um, I think for like flips and different stuff like that, it's interesting, but um, for long-term hold, I would be more interested in the Metro, you know, kind of in the suburbs. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, I think there's opportunity there. And, uh, you know, it's like anything, if you hustle, uh, the, you know, there, there's a lot more people there. Right. So there's a lot more opportunity. I think the metro area has like 6 million people. So it's a bigger area than people think. I love it.
0: So, Russell, people wanted to get a hold of you. They wanted to pick your brain or, uh, you know, figure sure. out what you're doing. How do they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, uh you could go on our real estate website. It's lolovichrealestate.com or um, you could look me up on LinkedIn, just Russell Lolovich or Instagram, R Lolovich.
0: Maybe you want to spell Lolovich for people.
1: Yeah, Lolovich is L-A-L-O-V-I-C-H. Yeah. do <laughs> not the easiest one. We're easy to find once you have that in there. <laughs> Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Russell, for coming on the show so much. This was I, this was a great one. I love talking. I don't love talking real estate at all, but I, I'm, I'm all interested in Detroit right now too. So this is, uh, this is extra awesome.
1: Absolutely. Uh-huh. We'll keep in touch on it.
0: Thanks.